This is the Fourth Official Podcast. I'm your host, John Walker, and joining me this week is David Edgar. David is the host of the Rangers fan podcast, Heart and Hand. We have him on to discuss the growth of fan media, his media partnership with Rangers, and the fallout of historical tweets being plastered on the front page of the Daily Record. If you enjoy this podcast, please share on your social media platforms to help us grow. I hope you enjoy. Hi, David. Firstly, thanks for joining us on the fourth official. Um, it's it's obviously not been a quiet couple of weeks for yourself. Um, how has just in general the the last few weeks been from an engagement point of view, your Twitter point of view? Have you tried to um, minimise the amount of Twitter time mm-hmm. you've had to be seeing? Yeah, it was. It's quite ironic, really, because uh, about six weeks ago, uh, I hadn't been feeling feeling very well for a while, and I went to see my doctor, uh, and it turned out to be something quite serious and, and one of the things I was told was reduce stress so that went well um, but equally you can't pick and choose when somebody attacks you uh, you you there's never a you know there's never a good time for a fight is there and it's it certainly when you're not looking for the fight uh, you have to you have to just get up and go and and at the end of the day it was it was what it was the timing was what it was Um And again, the positive of it was the the support I got from the Rangers community was genuinely overwhelming. I got something like 36,000 messages, DMs, emails, that kind of thing um, across all platforms just telling me, you know, we're with you, We'll, we'll, we'll stick it, you know, whatever you need in that. That charges you up. That's you know, it's just better than any coffee that you can take to to give you energy and to to get you focused and keep you going. And that sense of um, this is this is not fair, and I'm going to do something about it as well. That that sense of injustice, I think, propels you on. So I'm okay. I must admit, there was after about six days solid of I genuinely I maybe slept about two hours a night for about six days, uh, and it was just adrenaline and. Then it dropped uh, one day, and I just, I honestly, it's the nearest I think I've ever been to exhaustion. It was clearly mental because yeah. I'm not, a, uh, wasn't running about a lot, but um, I was just so mentally drained and exhausted at the end of it. But it, it needed to be done. Yeah. So people will know this is why you're honest to talk about this, but we'll look back round to that. Um, I want to go back to where we probably think the root cause of this conflict has probably started. Um, at the start of the season, Rangers have put out an offer um, to any media group that could pay the fee of, I believe it was 25000 to become an official media partner, because I know it was stuff that we had looked at um, to go forward. When that initially came out, what were your thoughts on it and what were you weighing up before you actually made the punt? Because it's a lot of money for you to get that access you maybe already yeah. kind of had, but to be considered official going forward what what was the process like what were your thoughts initially and what made you eventually take that punt well firstly and i think this is maybe a difference between us in the new media and maybe established media is i wasn't in a place where i took being given that access last season for granted yet uh, i say yeah i i would hope i would never do that it's it's always a privilege and it's always a pleasure to be able to do that. So for me, it wasn't a right. You know, I had absolutely no right to be allowed in or to be given this access. Secondly, I think from a business point of view, I sat and looked at it. And I used to work in web for a number of years. Um, and obviously, 
new media again. I'll, I'll just drop the term in, but it's it's the case. The old relationship between the the written press mainly, but but newspapers because that's that's the ones with the issue here has changed. When I was younger, there weren't many places to get your your football news. Everybody bought a paper. Uh, at least a, a paper, and that's where you got your football news. And and this could have an effect for the clubs. This could add to your gate if the papers hyped up a big match. That could get you an extra five, six, seven thousand yep. on your attendance on the Saturday. So there was a beneficial relationship there, uh, and understandably, it worked for for both parties, and it went on like that for the best part of a century. However, that changed season ticket culture. Etc. Rangers fill their ground regardless of whoever it is. And also the, the bigger thing was the increasing death of print. You know, the, the record, for example, used to sell 2002, it sold 800,000 copies a day. Now it sells under 75,000. So increasingly it's, it's about website. But Rangers FC have a website and they want people going to their website because once they're on their website A, advertising same as the papers but B, Rangers sell things and if somebody's on their website they might buy a top we've all done it we've all landed on a page and seen something and went oh, right so it's about driving traffic to there and I think what Rangers what they said to us was we're giving away the number one driver of people to our website to rival websites and then what I do, because I put stuff behind the paywall, what the papers do, we take that content and we sell it, this content that Rangers have given us for free. Now, that means Rangers give up their manager, who they pay during this, 150 hours of the season, that he's not working for Rangers. He's doing press duties. A player is doing that as well. All of that kind of thing. And what Rangers were saying is, we feel that if people are taking this content, our you know, content we're providing, that we should get a, a taste of the money that you're making from it. And I had to say that morally I agreed with that. I, I felt that was the case. I think that that's true. So then for us, it, it wasn't a case of, is this right or wrong? I, I feel it is right. And I think that football clubs, I think anyone who is providing content that other people are then selling on should should benefit financially from it. Uh, it was a case of could we afford that? Uh, and, you know, doing sums and moving a few things about this year, this summer, we could afford it. Might not be the case in future years, and it, in which case we wouldn't do it. But this year it was, and we decided to go for it. I realised that there was an issue with the print media over it, um, as, as we've seen. But it wasn't my business as to whether another business decided to or not to take up on that. That was nothing to do with me. Um, I sat down with Rangers. I had a meeting with Rangers. They put their side of it across. I spoke with the people who who uh, are involved in Heart and Hand and you know my wife because I was going to spend a lot of our money on this. Um, and we felt, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for this. So whether or not, as I say other bigger or more traditional organisations were unhappy with this. I just took as none of my business. And that's the thing about this, um, the attacks that have come on fan media in general and us 
that they're attacking us. It's not our fault. We didn't create this. Rangers did. And it's not our fault that we we took it up and you didn't. That was your decision. So I felt from that, it was a, initially a kind of a rather false argument. One of the arguments has been put forward a lot by the media. So much so, in fact, that you would think that it was... Um, you would think that it was coordinated. Uh, certain phrases that they all seem to use. What would Stephen Gerrard think of this? Oh, well done. Did you come up with that on your own? Um, but one of the things is, oh, well, fan media don't ask the hard questions. And I giggle at that because I just think I've sat, I, I've done over 100 press conferences now, a good 90% of which have had other media. In fact, they've all had other media in because Sky, certain radio stations have always been at these pressers. And I think I must be missing the secret press conference where these tough questions are asked because <laughs> they ask the same questions that they've always asked. Yep. Um, so I think that the idea that, you know, <laughs> it's like WikiLeaks when they're there uh, and it's like softballs when it's us is, is just nonsense. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that because I think I think maybe what's been pointed out is that the difference between fans media and a Rangers TV post-match interview is maybe where you can pick holes in that that argument. But yeah, not not anything I've seen from any of the fan media outlets from anywhere in Scotland that I've seen um, that's very detailed. It's better when there's fans involved because they know the players, they know the systems, they're familiar with everyone, they know what they want to ask. They also know what the fans want to get out of it. Um, yeah. So part of that partnership, is there any onboarding process that Rangers then integrate you into? Any, um, I'm just thinking off the back of things that have happened, any inclusionary courses off the back of everyone, anyone that you have then had to abide to that you didn't previously think about? Well, I think in the first instance, no, because if you look at our content, then there would be nothing on there. We're not controversial, I would say in our output um, and obviously that's what the club were looking at I think that you would judge a product suitability by by that which I think is fair um, if you're talking about Heart and Hand it's surely fair to talk about the Heart and Hand website the, the podcast that we produce yep. so I think that the club are aware of that and they know that I'm not going to run about you know singing songs and, and saying things that are going to get the the club in trouble. Um, there, there's an existing relationship there. That's it's not uh, it, it's not new. I'm not unknown to people there. Uh, I've been in and around Rangers fan culture, fan media, whatever you want to call it, for just over twenty years now, and they know what I'm like as a person. You know, I, I have relationships individually with them. So no, there was no, you know, there was a contract that we signed, um, and there, you know, there are bits in that obviously uh, that would allow a party to come out of the deal should, should, but just standard, you know, should one do do something that would hurt the yeah. other the other partner, absolutely. So yeah, they are they are aware of that, but you know, we we've a long history at Heart and Hand of actually pushing certain things in debates like. Um, respecting players like not singing certain songs you know, we have a long history and I personally have a long history of, of, of campaigning for that so I don't think that, the, the, that there would be anything along those lines of you need to take this course or that course but had they you know if they ever want to ask then 
then absolutely we would be more than willing to do it. But I think they knew, they knew already that they're not likely to turn on the Heart and Hand podcast and hear certain songs that are yeah. going to are here as using terms. And that that's one of the things to remember about this whole thing. The reason that the record went after the two boys that they did is that they, they tried their content and couldn't find anything to get us with. Then they tried my Twitter and couldn't find anything to get me with. So the lads were unfortunately just the next step. Yeah, I know. I know. We'll get we we'll get onto that a wee bit, a wee bit. Um, we're still interested in this media partnership. So you had access last year. Are the first few weeks of the official media partnership any different with access to players, access to manager, press conferences, interviews from what it was the previous year, or or do you get more access now that it's potentially more quote unquote exclusive? Yeah, I think that there's that. Uh, firstly, the fact that there aren't as many doing it uh the the fact that it's more limited numbers and that also means more questions generally at a press conference you only get one one question but because there's been less different organizations you're able to ask it in a wee bit more depth and and that's part of one of the reasons why people get frustrated at press conferences and i used to as well is that when you've only got one question it's very difficult to to get someone talking you know if you sit me down with somebody for half an hour you do all the things like you build rapport and you get them talking and and all of those things that lead to better interview when you've got one staccato question then it's difficult and that's why because there are certain things that always need covered like team news you know if you're first up you kind of have to ask team news similarly after the game if you're first up you kind of have to say, what are your thoughts on the game? Now, these are bland questions, and I get that, but it's just about getting them talking. It's just about, whereas if you give them a closed question, then you'll get a yes or a no quite often, and it's been a waste of everybody's time. So I do get the frustration. When you've got two or three questions, though, you can ask something and they'll ask, and then you can say, well, it's interesting you say that. That leads me on to this. And you get the answer and you say, oh, okay, that that's, uh, I hear what you're saying there, but can we talk about this as well? You just get a wee bit more in-depth coverage. And I think that's beneficial for the support as well, because then they're getting, as opposed to a dozen different journalists who all have their own agenda within the, the meeting. I think one of the positives of fan media is that when the papers talk about you won't ask the tough questions, and as I say, I know for a fact that they don't, because and so do, so do everybody, because we've all been there. Uh, we've all seen press conferences. But we don't need to ask something to get a headline. We don't yep. need to frame a question in a way. That's not a pressure that's on us. And I'm not having a go at journalists for this. That's what they're told to go in and do. That's what their editors want from them. They want, give me a headline, give me something juicy. As fans, we just want to know why did this happen? Why did that not happen? What do you think of that player? Um, what's the idea behind this decision? We just want to know about the football. We're not interested in, you know, boss slams other boss or any of that crap. That's not something that that is of you know the remotest interest to us. We just want to know what's happening. And I think that there's been a more relaxed feel to the press conferences, I think. I think that because that, that the manager knows that he's not going to be facing people who are, as I say, trying to trip him up, trying to get 
a headline out of him because he's very guarded, Stephen Gerrard. He, he knows what he's doing in media conferences and you only get from him what he wants to say. So I think that he's been that little bit more relaxed. Obviously, you spend a bit more time with him so he gets to know you a bit better and therefore I think you get a bit more out of him. Yeah, no, and it's something we've been we've come accustomed to a little bit with talking to footballers for this podcast, my fo- my Scots Abroad podcast, is that you can sense that footballers are a bit more guarded um, until you get talking to them. And we've had to remove stuff from podcasts to try and create that relaxation um, so that we can go on. And you can see even from podcasts that people do um, in fan media that the Daily Record, etc. will take the, the snippets from your interview, take out of context and give the the one headline that they would have wanted if they got the player sat down in front of them, which mm-hmm. does lead us on to where we're going now. Umpteen years ago, um, two of the contributors to Heart and Hand have, have written tweets that they've accepted um, were unacceptable and apologised for the minute they've came out into the, the public eye. What was the, the process of you finding out about this from the word go? The Daily Record emailed me to say that they were running this story um, the details of it and they listed the, the tweets and I was very surprised because I thought I don't say anything offensive on my Twitter so I saw the two in question of mine and it's interesting that it, already within almost minutes they sort of dropped the idea that I was involved because the two that I did were not in any way yeah. one was a uh, one was a reference to Celtic fan as beggars which was from 12 years ago which wasn't very nice I'll agree but that was a name that came about in the 90s when we had money and they didn't I think it was very obvious why in 2010 I thought I'm not going to say this anymore given the financial situation that Rangers found it in but that was a football thing there's no religious element to it um, if you want to be offended by that then I think you're looking for offence the other was a joke from Mock the Week that I'd stolen and my fault, you know, without context, but again, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't actionable. Uh, it was just something daft. Um, but I knew that they had no, if you like, no case against me, but that wasn't what they were after. They were, they, they had to include me somehow and they knew instantly. I think that there wasn't anything to it. The tweets from the two guys were bad. Um, and that's something right from, minute one that we that we acknowledged that they used language they shouldn't have used they used that they're not bad but they're not bad guys they had made stupid jokes that they thought were funny that at the time they they weren't funny um but at the time they maybe thought that the the culture allowed them to use certain words that it doesn't allow them to do now but we never at, at any point tried to defend it um, there is context, for example, between some of the the, the tweets that one of them used uh, of a, an offensive nature were to a friend who's a Celtic fan. And if you look at the reply tweets from the Celtic fan, he's using the same kind of language, but if you like, from the opposite side. Because that's two friends who clearly banter with each other in that way, but it doesn't matter. Sometimes I'm trying to put excuses in place, and I'm not. They said these things or they put these things rather on Twitter. We absolutely accepted they shouldn't have been there and apologise publicly, close their Twitter accounts and step down from the pod immediately. Um, we didn't 
mess about. They know that they did wrong. Both of them will attend diversity courses. Both of them have voluntarily signed up already for the Rangers Everyone Anyone Stop campaign. And they've made mistakes. They're being punished for it. They both loved doing the podcast and they can't do that now. So there is a, you know, there are other punishments in their personal life that I think are, are far too great for what was stupid, unthinking mistakes, but they were mistakes. Um, and the idea that these people should be judged that the whole rest of their life goes out the window because of this, I think is is bad. Now, uh, sorry, go on. Um, and I think that's the key part there um, on that is that we are judging people as a snapshot when they were much younger people. And I can see that the, back, the backlash of that has happened. Um, something I wanted to interject on and ask was, who, without, you don't need to name names, but was it the journalist that was running the story that contacted you via yes. email? Or did you reach out to anyone else that you knew within mainstream media to ask what their thoughts were? Because I've spoken to a couple of the affected journalists off the back of this who are equally as unhappy that this story was ever run by whoever was in charge of editing that daily record? No, I didn't, but I knew instantly how this was going to play out because I thought, no, I'm not I'm not doing this because this is this idea that we see in the media and it's held up a lot for Rangers fan, this impossible standard. Uh, and I know there'll be people listening saying, well, just don't use those terms. I get that. All of us in our lives have said stupid things. All of us have made sick jokes that were wrong, but we've done it, right? Now, there's an argument that you shouldn't be daft enough to stick it on Twitter, but times have changed. There was things you could say 10 years ago that nobody would bat an eyelid at that people will now. There were things that you couldn't say 10 years ago uh, that people like Janie Godley, for example, had said you know, that there's less of an argument there. But even so, we get how society works. But I kind of reject this idea of, well, you said something 10 years ago and it makes you a bad person. We've all been on nights out. And and I think it was that. It was the hypocrisy. It was the, the idea that the Daily Record were genuinely offended by this when they weren't. And I knew they weren't. It was, we need to get at Rangers. We feel we can get at Rangers through you. And we're going to go and look for something. So let's not pretend that this was news. This was um, this was a third port of call after they, as I say, tried tried the content, tried my my Twitter. Then they went there. That's that's looking for something. That's not genuine offence. That's trying to find something because it was a commercial decision. We want to get back into Rangers, and this is how we will do it. Their idea was. These guys will need to, you know, just go we'll shut down a fan media thing. They'll they'll go away. People will be dead offended by this. They'll go away. Rangers will need to cancel them and we'll get back in because Rangers media policy will have failed. It was a commercial decision, right? There was no moral imperative behind this. It was a commercial decision. And I just thought, I'm not having us and I'm not having Rangers fans in general continually being held up to this impossible standard and then criticised when we don't match it. Now, as I say, on heart and hand, I I have a, a a voluntary team, right? I'm the sole employee of heart and hand. 
I am self-employed, sole trader status. And my tax is not only fully up to date for any Celtic fans listening before they grasp me in, I'm actually in credit. I've overpaid. So there you go. Um, but I, I don't have employees. Therefore, it's difficult for me to control things like their social media. I can't go and check 10 years of someone's tweets. I can't. I just I don't have the resources to do it. It's just not possible. So the idea that everyone will have to be absolutely whiter than the driven snow is, is just not likely. And the thing is, I know. I know journalists. Journalists make sick jokes. Journalists say things they shouldn't. Journalists use words they shouldn't. I know that. I've been around them. Um, and I thought, I'm not having this. Now, in terms of what you said about did, they, did I contact anyone? No, but I, I knew instantly that there would be people at the Daily Record who would have said no to this. And I subsequently yeah. did speak. Once everything had kicked off, I subsequently spoke to people who work at the Record who told me, uh, and it's been confirmed since actually in private eye today through did their own, but it's nothing around it. They had a meeting on the Wednesday. The story would come out on the Friday. They contacted me on the Thursday. They had a meeting on the, the Wednesday where people said, you can't run that. Rangers fans won't take this. Heart and hand won't take it. You know, people who knew me and knew the type of person I am. Um, they'll fight you back. And we can't prove that, you know, that are we saying that there won't be a single tweet from any of our journalists that is as bad as this? Uh, and my understanding is that when everyone left that room, they thought the story wasn't going to run. And yep. the next that, for instance, the sports department found out about it was when it was live. And then what happened was was utterly predictable. I mean, I sent a, a warning shot to them. I told them, you know, Daily Record employees, uh, I put this up on a, on a forum. I said, uh, just an open message to you because I know a lot of them check them. I said, um, you should have locked your social media accounts. You didn't. And you've now got Mark McGivern and your editor, who were the two that put the story through. You've now got them to thank for the next few weeks of your life. Because I'm going to hold the Daily Record to the same standards that it demanded that I be held to. Because they said in their article, they said in their article that Rangers should remove the press passes while this is being investigated. And incidentally, they went with cops probe hate tweets. The police have never been in touch with us. Yeah. I've never been in touch with it. I called the police and said, look, apparently you're investigating me. And they said, no, there's nothing, there's nothing happening there. You don't need to worry about it. So straight away, that that cops are investigating to make it seem more serious than it is. And I thought, okay, right, if these are the rules, if the Daily Record are saying that anyone involved at all in an organisation, that anything they've done means that that newspaper can't you know, can't report on football or that organisation can't report on football fine, let's have the same rules back what was different here is, you know, I, I would have gone off and thought this, I get that, you know, I'm, that's just who I am um, I'm not going to lie down and, and be trodden on hold my hands up we're, you know the, for the wrongdoing in our part, no problem with that at all, but the hypocrisy needed to be called out and secondly I think that a newspaper should not be doing hit jobs on members of the public, in my opinion. There are powerful people in the country that need help to account. And we know the Scottish media don't. The Scottish media just 
will not do that. It's too much hassle for them. So that's why they go after people like us who they think can't fight back. And they, that's for two reasons. Firstly, you don't have a platform traditionally. What were you going to do if the Daily Record says something about you? Who, who are you going to tell? Are you going to phone your mum? You know, there's, there's, you can't get it out there. And secondly, your workplace, if they don't fire you, your workplace will at best say, make this go away. And that means that you've got to... Well, where it backfired in the Daily Record was, I have a platform. My podcast, there'll be more people listening to my podcast weekly or free ones than buy a Daily Record that day. That's a fact, right? Our our Monday podcast probably got 120,000. They sell about 75,000. So I've got a platform. Secondly, I'm my own boss. So I'm not going to tell me I can't fight this. And that's where it backfired on them. And the reason it really backfired on them is that the Daily Record are so out of touch. They're out of touch with their own journalists who had told them not to run this story. They were so out of touch with the public that they thought that what would happen is there would be this groundswell of disgust against us. Whereas what actually happened was Rangers fans were disgusted, but not with us. They were disgusted with the Daily Record. And suddenly I started to be sent hundreds, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of so-called hate tweets by Daily Record journalists. And I just did exactly what the Daily Record did with us. I got in touch with the police. I got in touch with my local MSP. I got in touch with their bosses at Reach. Uh, and I got in touch with the, the Scottish Football Writers Association and said, okay, yeah, well, look at all this. Um, I was told on Friday that any organisation who has someone who's done something like this should immediately cease reporting on Scottish football. So may I assume that that's what's going to happen with the Daily Record? And funnily enough, when it was the Daily Record, they weren't that keen. But then they got absolutely flooded. The record, they got flooded with complaints. Reach PLC got flooded with complaints. People reported it to police. The Times of London newspaper picked up the story and ran it. As I say, Private Eye have run it. Uh, the Spectator have run it. And suddenly it kind of backfired on them a little bit because that's when they begin to realise that what they wanted us to do was something that their own employees don't do. And and, and, I, and I think it's important here, John, for me to say, I don't want people being sacked for old tweets. I really don't. Um, it's slightly different with something like the Janie Godley thing because she's working as an influencer for the government. That's specifically what she's been employed to do. So that's different. But I don't want some poor daily record journalist getting sacked for a, a tweet he made 12 years ago when he was 18 and drunk, right? That's that's not what we're after. But that's what they were after with us. So all we're saying is not let's have a tit-for-tat culture of this, you know, which we'll play. If they want to do that, fine, we'll do that. But why don't we all just grow up a little bit and say, this happens, right? It's not great. If you spot it, get in touch with the person and say, look at this. And you actually might find, like one of the things, I used to make jokes on Twitter about if someone said something about the podcast, I would say, ah, well, it's nice to hear from a learning difficulties audience, right? About 10 years ago, thought it was been very clever and funny. And then somebody who had learning difficulties got in touch with me and they said, um, have you ever considered how offensive this is? And I hadn't. And I went, you know what, they're, they're right. They're absolutely correct. I, I shouldn't be using this language. This is this is piss poor. And I stopped. 
because I had learned something. That person was interested in helping me be a better person and helping society become a better place. The Daily Record weren't interested in that. That's not why they did this. They did this because they wanted to hurt someone that they didn't like and to get a commercial advantage somewhere else. And all we're doing with what we've been campaigning for, it's not about the Daily Record have to pay off a dozen journalists or 15 actually at the last count. It's not about that. It's about can we all be a wee bit more growing up? Can we all admit that humans aren't perfect and that we make mistakes and that when we make mistakes, we should be given a chance to atone for it? And yes, there is a line. I agree. You can't be week on week, year on year. Having I think that if you are posting things containing you know, the N-word, post after post after post, then there's a case to answer to. But I think if people are making unfunny jokes, clearly unfunny jokes, but but jokes nonetheless, you might, and they're from years ago, is it not better to actually sit with that person and say, have you thought about this? Because I think you'll find most people will go, I hadn't, but I'm absolutely wrong and I'm embarrassed and I won't do it again. And that's how you get rid of this stuff. Do you think off the back of that, though, that perhaps if if it hadn't been such a quick turnaround, as you said, the meeting on Wednesday, you were contacted Thursday, the story was running on Friday, that a better way around would have been actually contacting Daily Record journalists who, as I've been able to find out, were dead set against this and thought it was a terrible idea and it could have actually been more of a, a directed campaign at the actual source, which was it seemed to be an editor and a single journalist that had an angle that they they desired and what's actually happened is there's been this whole back and forth tit for tat crossfire that people are being impacted that were actually on the side of where you were as well and they've landed as the opposition as such now yeah uh, and i get that and seeing an ideal world yes it would have been but here's the thing about that i i don't go looking for trouble i don't want to go and have a fight with anybody, the newspapers in particular, there's nothing in it for me. It's a zero-sum game. No point. I'm, as anyone who listens to me knows, I, I'm a middle-aged, wee disabled guy who's a Star Wars geek and potters about his house with his dogs talking about rangers, right? I'm, I'm in my 40s and I'm not interested in this kind of thing, going and having fights. But the Daily Records attacked me and all I did was fight back by their rules, on the field of play that they decided we were going to fight on. Um, that's that's all I did. The Daily Record brought their employees into this. And while I do feel sorry for some of them on a human level, some of them, um, they did this. The Daily Record decided this. And it's not my fault if the, the Daily Record didn't tell them, which they didn't, uh, and the Daily Record left them open to this. They're working for a scum tabloid. And that's you know their decision. That's their conscience. That's up to them. But they are working for a scummy tabloid that, op- that operates by scummy one-sided rules. And that gives, by the way, such little concern for them that they didn't even warn them about this and they didn't take their views into account that this story shouldn't run. That's how much the Daily Record values these people. So... I would rather that this hadn't happened. I would rather that it never happened again. I certainly, you know, I'm I'm as uh, <laughs> I'm as soft as a very <laughs> a very fresh loaf. However, 
if they are, you know, if, if someone's going to come after me, and more importantly, come after friends of mine, yeah, you know, you know, then I'm going to fight back. And if I'm fighting, I'm going to use absolutely yeah. everything. I'm not going to, you know, that I said something that Michael Stewart picked up on wrongly three times. He tried to tweet it and couldn't get the quote right once. Uh, I don't know why I'm surprised. The guy's a, a 40 watt light bulb trying to light a 200 watt room. But anyway, I I said, if I'm in a fight, I'm the type of person that will just burn everything down and be the king of the ashes. Now, that's not a side of my personality that I like, right? That's not who I want to be. That's not the human being I want to be. And it's not the way I want to live my life. But it doesn't mean it isn't true. And when I'm attacked, which I was, my friends was, the community that I'm a part of, of Rangers supporters, was and is continually under attack. Um, I thought, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this. Um, and I'm going to go after them, go after them hard. And while I take your point, and it would have been, it, I think I would have been a better person had I said, well, I'm not going to use the tactics they used. I will be better than that then I would be the one left twisting in the wind and they would have got on with it. And believe me, if we hadn't publicly shown the Daily Record's hypocrisy up nationwide, it would have changed nothing. This is not, as I say, about getting some Daily Record journalists to sack. This is not what we're after. It was never the aim. Well, maybe one, uh, but that's, that's revenge. That's a personal thing and it doesn't speak well of me. I understand that. But... This is about getting a culture change where no paper thinks in future that this is an acceptable thing to do, that no paper goes looking for this. I, I heard a wonderful term, Toby, uh, Toby Young, uh, the, the spectator editor, uh, assistant editor, he retweeted my video on it and he called it, the Daily Record did some offence archaeology. And that's what we want an end of. If someone does something wrong, then by all means, go and pick them up on it. But to go back, to start from the position of, I want to find something these people have done wrong, and then to search back throughout their lives, that I find offensive. And then in their decision, you know, in their, their decision to do this, they knew they would set fire to a few people's lives. You know, they knew that there's a good chance people get lose their jobs. These are people with families. This is their life, right? And they move on to their story the next day and they don't give a toss. So the fact that we put some of them in the same situation, it's unfortunate, but it might be the only way that they're going to learn. And the ideal thing is that nobody's ever in this position again. I don't want podcasters from other clubs being sacked because of a tweet they sent 12 years ago. But if if they're doing it to us, then we are going to fight back. And as I say, no apologies for using the tactics that they used on the field that they decided to to do. They set the terms of engagement, and it's not our fault that they got hit back. And that would be the Daily Record journalist. And I think you touched on it a little bit there. Um, independent podcasters from um, other clubs have then, as a result of this, had Rangers fans um, digging out any distasteful or offensive tweets or sectarian tweets in some cases that they managed to find when people were um, 18, 19 years old. And I think that removed the focus away from what you were talking about, which was this was an attack on mainstream media's tactics. This was an attack on the daily record. Do you think, again, I know you'd said that there was like, there was a anxiety, there was times during that week where you weren't sleeping. Do you think if 
there had been a point in time that there could have been a tweet from yourselves or from other people that said, look, we wanted to go back to the Daily Record because we're now at the point where today, I think I've just seen a, a Cumbernauld Colts coach is getting tweets dug out who, mm. I mean, if we're at that point, someone needs to start potentially calling off the calling off the dogs a little bit. Do you think that's something that should have been done earlier so we weren't? Because this, this is what, what, what day are we on now, David? Are we in day, day 13, 14 here? Uh, well, I, I'm already in the, the. I'm past it. It's no longer that same incident. So no, I've I've stopped that clock. Yeah, look, I, I put out um, a tweet during it saying this is not what this is about. Um, but you can't stop other people doing things. I think what happened was that this was a straw that broke the camel's back. People keep saying you did, David. I didn't. Right? I didn't. The Rangers support did. That's what you need to remember. This was not me. This was me as part of a, a larger group. I just happened to be at the forefront of it for a few days. But if you are going to be somebody who pontificates on the sectarianism of others, then don't be surprised when that group then say, well, hang on a minute here, you did exactly the same. That's going to happen. When we're being told that three guys we don't know singing a song on the bus means that we, hundreds of thousands, are all racist, then we're going to go, well, hang on a minute, the people saying this have said this kind of thing. This is a natural consequence of what the media in Scotland have been doing for a number of years. They've been playing with fire. Um, and now they're complaining that they're getting burned. It is unfortunate. I, I reiterate, I don't want to see people losing their jobs for tweets. You know, Again, there are ones that, that are beyond the pale. We all understand that. Everything is by degree. But what is obviously a stupid remark from 12 years ago you can say they're stupid by all means um but i do think people need to for so long it's been so easy to just have a go at the rangers support and you you get to feel justified in scotland if you do that because you'll get politicians and you'll get the media saying no you're right they are bigots and they are scum and therefore we don't need to to go by the same rules that we want them to go under because they're bad people and they're not bad people and they're fed up and what they're saying now is you know no we're not going to do it and unfortunately people are going to get caught up in it but personally you know we're i'm not interested in going through the tweets of any other human being i'm certainly not going to go through uh I'm certainly not going to go through, you know, Celtic podcasts and try and find to get someone sacked. That's not something I'm interested in either. But people in Scotland, I think, just need to mind their own business a wee bit more. I think that probably would help. If you're going to go on television, uh, and I think we both know the, the person I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, if you're going to go on television calling half the country sectarian, they are going to look at sectarian things you might have said in the past and say, well, hang on a minute. That's what happened. And I do feel sorry for the individual involved. I've been through this. I've been fired from a job when I was at the Rangers Supporters Trust from, for something like this. I know what it's like. I know what the feeling's like when you just you feel so angry and so frustrated and you don't deserve it. But as somebody said to me back then, well, you decided to be a spokesman for the Rangers Supporters Trust. You were the one that put yourself up front to be shot at, and now you're complaining that they're shooting at you. And that's kind of true. Um, and 
the problem with this situation, and I hope if, if people take anything out of this today, I hope it's this, and I'm sure you'll get, it'll divide the way it always does, I think. You know, people who like me will say that they agree with me and people who don't like me or the club I follow will say they don't and I'm this, that and the other. Because that's Scotland at the moment. Everything is tribal. Everything is divided. If there's one thing that people take out of what I'm trying to say today is maybe we all just need to be a wee bit more tolerant and just understand that just because someone thinks something different to us doesn't mean that that gives us a right to go and destroy them because I don't think that it does and I think that people are getting hurt by it and I think that it will continue and nobody wins that's the thing it's just a question of who loses the least that's how wars generally go it's not that somebody wins it's somebody loses less than the other and that's what will happen here or as a society and certainly within the Scottish football community we can say let's all be growing ups about this let's accept we've all done and said some stupid things certainly in the past we all know what the rules are now if anybody breaches it from this day forward you've had your warning you've no excuse but can we be a wee bit more growing up? And and similarly, can we stop using things to further our own campaign that demonise other people? I don't say that because of what the Daily Record did to us that every single journalist is a scumbag. But papers do say that because of something a Rangers fan does, every single Rangers fan is. And that's what I mean. You can't keep asking to apply certain rules to people and then get upset when the people apply those same rules back to you and that's what we've seen a lot in the Scottish media and, and I think there is an element of that because I think the biggest thing that's bothered me is I, I was in holiday when this all broke and the highlights I had been given from a couple of pals was that there was offensive tweets um, you guys had acknowledged them and got rid of the people involved similar to the, the Rangers bus incident and the Rangers singing incident Rangers have banned that boss banned those fans and, and it felt like Rangers and yourself were doing the action that Rangers are asking of their fans now, which is to be abiding by this everyone, anyone. And if people are guilty of doing things, they are removed from your platform. They're removed from iBrooks. That is the process going forward. And it almost felt like to me just getting snippets at the time that there was a, a chance for a positive story. And then within two days, I'd seen all this, this kickback. So I guess one of the things I was going to ask was, is this now something if you had a, a voluntary c contributor to the podcast now, you would perhaps run background checks? I know you can't check thousands of tweets, but there is ways in which you can check keywords going forward. Is that something that Rangers have ever iterated in the last couple of weeks that they would like you to implement? Or is it just a you've got to trust people at their, their word when they apply for these roles? Yeah, I, I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to live my life that way. You know, that constant suspicion. I, I, I quite like trusting people and taking them at the world because I feel that if you trust somebody and they do something wrong, and I'm not talking about two guys here because I've known them for years and they're both good guys who made mistakes. And as I say, the punishment is way, way much more than than the crime, in my opinion, especially when they've admitted to it and are trying to be better. But I. I've always felt that I like to kind of when I met when I meet somebody to assume that they're genuine, and if they turn out not to be, I feel that's on them, not on me. I don't want to be 
suspicious of everyone I meet, just in case one of them turns out to be wrong. With anyone who joins the pod now, then yes, absolutely, we will say to them, you, we, you know, we will have we have a document in place that will say you agree that as far as you are aware that there's, you know, you haven't said any, you won't use sectarian, offensive, whatever terms. Uh, as far as you know, there's nothing in your background. But I think you have to then trust the individual that especially now because they'll know what will happen to them that's the thing there's a fairly obvious potential outcome to this but i wouldn't want to get into a place where you need to to view everyone you're ever going to work with with suspicion i'm always of the opinion as i say that like when you asked me to come on this i didn't go and check you out just in case <laughs> you've said so my view is I took it in good faith. If it turns out that you're an axe murderer, that's on you, right? It's, it's not my fault because I agreed to do this podcast with it going and discovering that first. And I just wouldn't necessarily want it want it to be my life. Nor do I want to spend my life compiling files, which has happened this week. You know, some of the information I've got on people now, uh, I joked about this, but it's true. The boys are calling me D. Edgar Hoover because of the amount of dirt that was sent on people in Scotland. I don't want to be sitting there living my life like that, compiling this stuff. You know, I, 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 I've i got a puppy. I want to sit and play with it and take photographs when it's sitting, you know, when she's sitting with her target and send it to my friend. Go, look how cute. That is the type of person I am. So you're right. See, you, you mentioned something there that is fundamentally why this debate is so poisonous, that it's never positive. Now, you mentioned there about a couple of incidents where Rangers did what the media has been saying that they should do. But do they then say, well done, Rangers, this shows you the progress we're making? No. They then say, oh, well, Rangers have a huge problem. This is a terrible issue within Scotland. Do they believe that? No, they don't. Right. Unless they're crazy. They, they and there are some who are, but they don't believe that. That's not why people are doing this. They're doing this because there's something in it for them. MSPs who do this, and we all know the ones I'm referring to, it's all their career is. It's entirely based on this. It's why they do this. Certain pundits do it because it gets them attention. It makes them money. That's why they do this. They don't believe this stuff to be true. They don't care. They're not doing it because they think they'll improve society. They're doing it because it's a moneymaker. And it's that hypocrisy that has been at the heart of this and is at the heart of the whole problem. That if we were to say, for example, anybody who's a neutral would know that at Rangers, things like sectarian singing are significantly better than they were. Even when I was growing up, you know, 20, 30 years ago, massively. You just don't hear the same language as often as you used to. Do you hear it occasionally? Of course you do, right? Because people are, people, especially when they're drunk, sometimes people will do things they shouldn't. That's kind of life that happens. But is it as bad as it was? No, because we're making progress and we never celebrate the progress. Instead, we have too many people who say, ah, oh, but he said something. And you're like, well, and he's a dick. We'll get rid of him. But that's not why they're not doing it because they want it to be better. They're doing it because they want to have a stick to beat people that they don't like in order to further their career or 
to further their own bigotry. And that is, I think, where the Rangers support this week went, no, no more of this. We're not, we're not doing with this. By all means, pull us up for things we've done, but then don't be surprised when you get pulled up for doing the exact same thing. So it's either that this is how it's going to be, that the rules will be applied evenly, or as I say, we all grow up and begin to treat human beings like human beings. Yeah, and I think that the support we've seen for yourselves and even ourselves at Fourth Official on our Patreon, our paywall, has been quite quite significant um, over the last few weeks. And it kind of leads on to a couple of questions I've got from Patreon listeners of the Fourth Official. Um, with everything that's been going on um, with the improvements in fan media, what do you see the club's model being like with fan media over the next decade? Do you think this uh, this is just going to grow um, on the side of fan media and move away further and further and further from mainstream media? Any club has to communicate in the place that their fans are congregating. That's just common sense. Uh, there's no point doing it. With the best one in the world, there are some papers, Sunday papers in Scotland, that sell 6,000 copies. Why would Rangers talk to them ahead of talking to us? Especially with fan media. Liverpool have been at the forefront of, of the fan media. Yeah. And one of the things they said is, when we talk to, to our fan media, we know we're talking to our customers. That That's directly who we're talking to. Whereas when we talk to a newspaper, sure, you're talking to some of them, but pretty much everybody who listens to our stuff are potentially going to buy a season ticket, are potentially going to buy my gels, are potentially yep. going to buy a strip, et cetera, et cetera. So why wouldn't Rangers want to engage with us? That, that's just common sense. And if we continue to grow the way we are growing and papers continue to decline the way they are declining, one thing that's been clear to me incidentally throughout this, I've had fans of other clubs, lots of other clubs, even, yes, Celtic, getting in touch with me and going, stick it to the bastards. People hate the traditional print media in this country for whatever reason. They've lost all of that credibility. People were prepared to go out and fight for us because they like us. Nobody was fighting for the papers. You know, people might have been criticising us, but it wasn't because they, they liked the Daily Record. It was because they don't like Rangers or they don't like me. That is why I think it will continue to grow at every club. Now, there's always going to be the danger, and we accept this, that we might be a wee bit too close to the club. But really, can the papers suggest that that never happened with them? Honest to goodness? that there aren't papers who run stories for certain clubs. Hmm. I think we all know the answer to that. Um, I think that the idea that fan media is any different in that regard, that the big difference is we have an agenda, but we admit to it. We are Rangers supporters and we want Rangers to succeed and do well. That is our agenda. It's open, it's upfront, and it's stated right at the start. Now, in terms, one of the advantages that I probably should have mentioned about the fan media package is one of the things I like about it is nobody can say, or oh, you won't criticise in case they take the press pass off you. I've paid for that press pass. You, you know, not genuinely. So that's not a thing. I don't need to not be critical of Rangers to keep my press pass. I've paid for it. It's mine. Uh, and I think that when you remove that, then there's not really a lot of stuff holding us back. Am I going to go into a press conference to say to Stephen Gerrard, what the f- was that today, by the way? 
no, I'm not, okay? Because I've got too much respect for him, the position he has, who he is, and what he's done in the game to do that. But it doesn't mean I'm not sitting there fizzing. You know, I was in the press conference after Malmo. I was raging, absolutely raging. But you have to try and be, you know, calm. But I do think that what we offer is, because we are just fans, that we just ask stuff that fans would ask, because we are. So I think you've got that advantage. Print media is dying. It is going to die. I don't think in five years, for example, there will be a physical copy of the Daily Record available, right? Might still exist as a web platform, but it's not going to exist as a physical newspaper. The reason for that is the decline is marked. It it generally isn't spiked decline. It's they have an older audience who, unfortunately, due to nature, get smaller year on year and they're not replacing them there's not a new generation coming through who buy newspapers it's just not happening but there is still a place for good journalism and I would again argue that what Daily Record did wasn't journalism but there is a a, a case for it I hear a lot from print journalists who say stuff like ah well nobody pays for content anymore and I go they pay for mine Yep. and they pay for yours at the fourth official and they pay for the times and they pay for the uh, the athletic. So there is quite clearly an audience who are willing to pay for content. Maybe you, rather than having this blanket, nobody will pay for content, maybe you should wonder why they're not paying for your content and that it might be something to do with that content. And I think that's exactly it to highlight that. And that was a question from Stuart, but I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think if, if I see the, the patron support that you have and 20 minute tim support and even the donations i get on my podcast we just have the buy me a coffee app people will pay for their content if they enjoy your content um gary and rick had a very similar question so the recent galvanization of the fan media all the support you've seen financially through heart and hand they wanted to know if you've got any idea why we can't seem to make club 1872 work just now that is a we could probably do a full pod on that. <laughs> um, I used to be the, the spokesman for the Rangers Supporters Trust back in the day. And one of our aims was fan ownership. Was, was that, that was one of the things we started. We started, I believe, the first ever kind of share-save scheme into, into Rangers. So um, there, are, there are several reasons for it, I think. I think, firstly, and without wanting to get drawn too much into it, because... I know people on both sides of that particular table and also I I know how difficult it is to do it. And I think that people who maybe haven't been involved, you're a volunteer. So it's on top of your day-to-day life and it is easy to criticise from the outside. But I think it's fair to say that, that Club 1872 have got themselves into a pretty big malaise. I don't think that's controversial. But I think one of the big, big issues is people don't want to get involved in this sort of stuff and I sympathise I never used to understand it when I was younger I just thought but it's such the right thing to do just you know do it do it and I didn't get that people love their football club but it is something adjacent to their lives they have you know partners and kids and mortgages and car payments and worries about health and football should be that extra thing on top of that you should be allowed and Rangers fans learned this the hard way and I learned this the hard way you shouldn't have to care about words like securitisation and you shouldn't have to care about 
shareholding percentages and stuff like that. So I think that that fans are happy in the main to just let whoever's into that, <laughs> you know, yeah. get on with it. And the rest of us, we just, you know, watch watch the football. But the problem comes is increasingly in football, as we've, we've seen, the model has changed, money's changed, etc. And and bad people who don't care about your football club can get involved in it. And that's obviously what happened to us. Um, I do think that it'll, uh, it, it'll grow, you know, through time. But I just don't think there's a desire really among ordinary, you know, rank and file football fans across the UK to to be involved in this sort of thing. I just don't think it's something they're passionate about. Uh, And I understand why, because it should just be about, I want to follow my team. It's just unfortunate that it's so many football clubs, because this ain't just Rangers, you know, this is clubs all over the country. I I was watching um, a, a, a documentary about Charlton Athletic, and what they're going through at the moment, Derby are another club are going through at the moment. Big clubs, you know, that we remember as Premier League clubs not all that long ago. And it's hellish because it it just it, they take away from you something that's such a big part of your life, and it's it's so horrible. And we know this at Rangers having gone through it, but I just don't necessarily think that there's quite this appetite among yeah. supporters in the UK to to push for that. And then if the actual organisation involved runs into any controversy or trouble, then I think that almost just makes people go, well, I we, we, we knew that this, that this would happen. And I think that that puts people off a little bit. Unfortunately, for rightly or wrong, most people in this country grew up with the model of a rich person owns your football club and acts as a sort of father figure. And for a lot of people, they think that that's either the ideal way or the only way right. that it should be run. And I'm not necessarily sure. I, I, I see it changing. I personally like the way Rangers are run right now. Yeah. I think that there's a dignity to it. I think we, you know, we, we watch ourselves financially. We, you know, the, the board very kindly, let's be honest, because they're just spending their own money here to and, and converting the debt into equity. There are a lot of people, even after what we've gone through, would love us to be taken over tomorrow by a Russian billionaire if he would outspend, you know, a hundred million in a transfer window. And I get it because it's, it would it be bloody exciting if we were, you know, I loved the nineties; it was great. <laughs> it's just the the bill for it was far too much, and I would never ever want any of us to have to go through it again. I don't think anyone does. Um, no. Our final question comes from Aaron, our Patreon listener. Um, it's regarding the, the two two dismissed employees, um, Hoggy and Cammy. Is there any route back into Heart and Hand at some point in time once they've completed their inclusionary courses, um, they've made their apologies? Is there anything that you would look to get back in? Did you seek or sought any legal advice on how that would look? I haven't sought any... Uh any advice on how it looks because Heart and Hand runs, you know, with the best one in the world, Heart and Hand runs on my whim, right? Um, if I decide to do something, I can do it. Uh, even if it's a bad idea, you know, I can still do it. Uh, I try not to, but <laughs> I can. I think you have to remember that, first of all, both the lads have families and jobs and they take priority over anything. So, 
there's the question about whether or not they would even want to or be in a position to, because like I say, it's happened to me. And, and I'd just like to share with your listeners what it's like when you're on the front page of a paper. And it's not as bad now as it was when it, you know, 20 years ago when it happened to me, because as I say, back then they were selling a lot more. But even so, you don't sleep. You feel like people, wherever you go, are looking at you and going, is that that guy? You think that everybody thinks ill of you now. You think that you're a bad person. You're, you're lying there at three in the morning going, do I have any future at all? Will I be able to get a job? Will I be able to pay the bills? It's a horrendous experience. And as I say, it's one of the reasons why I've got very little sympathy for journalists who engage in this sort of nonsense because they know that this is the effect that it has on people. It strains your relationship with loved ones. It hurts your family. It hurts your partner. It hurts your parents. And you feel bad because you know it's you that's indirectly caused that. I believe that there has to be a route back for anyone on most crimes. Um, and this, I say crime in inverted commas. As a society, we either believe in rehabilitation or we don't. And we either believe that people, if they're genuinely sorry, which they are, if they demonstrate that by the steps that they take, they don't just pay lip service, which they are. They stepped down from the pod immediately, didn't didn't wait for me to, to fire them. They, they both immediately left. I think you've got to offer that pathway back. Otherwise, what we're saying to people is it's a life sentence. If you do something, that's bad. and I understand it'll be controversial for you know people who try and make mileage out of it, but I would be going against my own principles here if I was to if I was to say to them, no, that's you, you're gone and you're gone forever. Now there are certain things obviously that they that they couldn't do again, uh, and they get that and they would know that. But even so, I think that if they if they go away and they reflect on the situation and they, they take the steps that they have offered to go and take and then in the fullness of time they came back as better people and said, I'd, I'd like the opportunity to, to maybe pod again, I think I would be a very, I think I would be a hypocrite if I was to deny them that. Okay. Um, David, that's us. Thanks very much for your time. I really, really appreciate this chat. An absolute pleasure. Um, I'd like to thank the fourth official for their support. Uh, I, I think I tweeted this at the time. They knew, you guys knew you would get attacked, and you did, but you did it anyway because you thought it was the right thing to do, and that takes class. I appreciate that. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon for the fourth official patreon.com forward slash the fourth official for as little as 2 a month you can get early access to podcasts like this from the world of football in-depth articles and much much more that's patreon.com forward slash the fourth official <laughs>